We all know personalization improves conversion rates, but did you know that with ShearID, you can invite and reward consumers based on their groups and affiliations securely? So you make an exclusive offer to a group like teachers, military, or first responders, and ShearID's simple checkout integration makes sure that only the right people are able to redeem. The best part is that the process is incredibly simple, and it's embedded right into your brand's checkout flow. Start your personalized checkout campaign today. Visit ShearID.com. On with the show. There's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday and I'm Eric Dick along with co-host Kyle Guilfoyle. And today we are here with another preview of our upcoming challenge, the Build a Pre-Sell Page Challenge. Uh, and today we're highlighting the day two content. So on day one, we're, we talked about how to build pre-sell pages, why you want to build pre-sell pages. And we're going to go through a bunch of different examples of all the best pre-sell pages, the elements that you need to, to sort of build out in each of your pre-sell pages. And now day two is when we get into the real meat of things of how you actually write these pre-sale pages, how you write each sec section, what copywriting frameworks you use. And so we have brought on two pillars of strength on the, the Pilot House uh, copywriting team, uh, Brad Nell and Alora Bossi, uh, representing the, the old school and the new school of, uh, of copywriting here to, to teach us all about how to write effective pre-sale copy uh, on pages. Welcome to All Killer No Filler. How are you both doing? Yeah. Alora, how are you? You go first. Ladies first. Yeah, happy to be here. I love the DTC podcast, so it's awesome to be on. Awesome. Very cool. And Brad, this is your first time as well. It is. Hello, everyone. And I'm happy to be here as well. DTC is where it's at. I awesome. love it. Love that. Love that. So, <laughs> I mean, we, we know that you're both copywriters, but we we always like to to get started by asking uh, guests what what they would say their particular areas of expertise are or area area of expertise. So, uh, Alora, what, what would you say your particular area of expertise is? Yeah, for sure. So my background is actually in public relations. Um, so I've spent a lot of time learning how to use communication to build relationships and bridge the gap between brands and their publics in a really honest and mutually beneficial way. So I try to bring that mentality into my copywriting. Love that. Love that. How about you, Brad? Uh, well, this was a late career change for me. Um, if you're talking about copy, I would say that my forte would be writing emails and long form copy. Uh, written thousands of emails and many, many long-form copy sales pages, um, emulating the styles of Russell Bronson and John Benson for emails, and then people like Perry Belcher, Michael Masterson, and uh, John Carlton for long-form. Love that, and uh, we'll just we'll just go right right off uh, the back there um, of you, Brad. What what would you say is is one thing about that area of expertise? that most people don't know, but they probably should? Well, if we're talking about email sequences, I would say the number one thing to do there is to create a strong avatar. Um, people will fall in love with the product after they fall in love with you. And so that's a big part of writing an email sequence is, is creating an avatar that really resonant, resonates with your audience. And for long form copy, I would say 
biggest lesson I learned, and I wish I learned earlier, was not to fall in love with my own copy. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, you can't can't really do that. You can create the most star-spangled, awesome piece of copy and still have people hate it or not buy. So you don't fall in love with what you write. Totally, yeah. It's kind of all about the uh, the performance and the data that, that uh, yeah. supports supports the results. Yeah, that that makes yeah. great sense. And uh, Laura, how about you on the uh, the 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 PR uh, the PR firm? What would you what would you say is one thing about that that uh, most people don't know, but they probably should? Right. So with um, I also do, of course, a lot of direct response copy and um, articles, blogs, newsletters, you name it, just the gamut of copy and all across the board, something that I wish I knew that is very similar to what Brad said, actually, is that like your ego is not your amigo. Like stop spending so much time trying to flex your creative writing skills. Just write it in plain language. It doesn't have to be a literary masterpiece. It just has to inform and compel the reader to take action. So what you think is just super awesome, like what he was saying, sometimes that's not really necessary um, or useful to the reader. So you really just have to benefit them and not try to flex, you know, every, every skill in your toolbox. <laughs> totally. I, I actually heard something that I really liked recently from, I, I think it was Dean Jackson. And uh, it's what you just said reminds me of what he said, which is um, a compelling offer is always more effective than a convincing argument. And so, you know, I think that our, our job as, as copywriters is really to, um, you know, to, to help uh, craft that offer and, um, and then just, just show it off. You don't need to, come up with these G whiz arguments or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so anyways, this, this cast is really all about, uh, pre-sale pages because of, we have our build a pre-sale page challenge coming up in just a couple of weeks here. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, that is a three day, uh, challenge where you will be challenged to, um, to build or engineer, um, a single page that will elevate the performance of your entire marketing funnel. And so it's, it's a very comprehensive uh, three-day workshop. And, um, and so, yeah, today is all about uh, copywriting. And the second day of the challenge is all about copywriting. Um, that'll be led by Brad and Alora. Um, so today is a bit of a bit of a teaser. And so for anyone who doesn't know what pre-sell pages are, um, we'd, we, we sort of, we covered this last week, but, um, uh, we would love it if, if you two could just sort of let us know, um, what, what, what exactly pre-sale pages are and, uh, and why, why would you say they work so well? Do you want to go or first? Or you Brad? go first, ladies first. <laughs> sure, mm. thank you. Um, so it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a landing page your visitors view before they're shown the product. So it's the middleman between the advertisement and your shopping cart, um, but why it works is it acts like your salesperson. Like you wouldn't have a store with no salespeople, right? Like how do you expect people to make it to the register without somebody there to support them with their needs and, you know, give them a nudge or a reminder or the information that they need on absolutely why they need your product or service. Um, so I like to say it's that customer service. It's that finesse that sort of takes the place of that in-person in-store interaction um, you're also eliminating their doubts and replacing them with proof and reassuring benefits that make the product and service so irresistible. Great answer. Mm -hmm. Anything to Brad? add there, Brad? Um, well, a pre-sale 
it's the whole job of the pre-sale is to get people sufficiently excited about taking some action. And typically it falls kind of, as Laura alluded to, it'll fall between or it'll come after a Facebook or an IG ad. And it's a, it's a comprehensive sales page. So it does the heavy lifting for the Facebook ad or the Instagram ad, and it gets people whipped into a frenzy. You want them ready to whip out their wallets when they click the order button at the bottom of it. And then from there, they typically will move to an order page where they can go ahead and order the product. So, yeah. And before before someone can get started writing their own pre-sale page, um, would you guys would you guys say there are some basic building blocks that uh, a brand or a copywriter needs to have in place before they can get started? And if so, what would you say those building blocks are? Um, well, you need a thorough understanding of your product. You got to know what it is, how it works, what makes it unique. You really need to know the product super well. Uh, what differentiates it from competitors? And you also need to have a, a real good understanding of who the prospect is. You know, what's his or her problem as it relates to the product you're selling, um, tapping into the emotions relating to the experience uh, they're having with the problem that your product solves. So there's a lot of research that has to go into it on the front end before you even pick up a pen. Those things are vital. Actually, on, on that note, I, I'm, I'm very fascinated in, in research and, and how, uh, you know, there are a million and one ways to, to conduct research. Uh, would you guys mind uh, talking a bit about uh, what your ideal research process looks like? Yeah, so I, do you want to go first, Brad? No, nope, no, nope, I want you to. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, so with um, my research process, I do exactly what Brad says. First, I take a really good look at the unique um, qualities that the product or service has, what makes that brand so special, how it's different than the competition. Um, and then I really dig into the prospects, like what he was saying. So a lot of review mining. Um, I really dig in deep to comment sections. Um, so if the brand has a really strong Instagram page, pretty big following, I'll go, I'll do a deep dive into all those comments to see what their experience was, what they're saying. Um, you can find comments anywhere, whether it's, you know, their Amazon page, social media, um, and really, and also like their, um, what influencers are saying about them as well. So it's just compiling all those key messages, the good and the bad, um, and formulating your key messages from there. Very cool. So one of the things that, that we I've heard I've heard you, you to debate on is is the the copywriting framework. Uh, that that we use, whether it's ADA is the one that I'm most familiar with. Uh, and then you, you also you were, were talking about PAS or PASS, the problem agitation solution. Which of these frameworks, uh, Brad, are you most, uh, are, are, do you find yourself writing in most often and why? Um, yeah, here I find that the problem agitate solution or PASS uh, strategy seems to work really well. It's very basic. It's the easiest one to write and people seem to respond to it the best. Um, and the elements in it, you know, it's, it's, 
it's it's simply a matter of introducing the problem, agitating the problem, and then offering people solutions. So it's very easy to read as well. And I can just think of Alora's comments about about diving into the comments section. Uh, mm-hmm. And how you could find ammo for all those things. You could find the problem that they had before. You could talk about how this addressed their problem. This is, you know, the things that, you know, all these things could come directly from those comments, Laura. Absolutely. Yeah. People yeah. have no problem airing that stuff out on their social media accounts or, you know, if they have um, a really great experience or if they have a super negative experience, it's going to show up online nowadays. Um, so having a really good understanding of that is sort of how you plan your, your strategy. Um, and similar to what Brad was saying, like I had no idea when I got in um, direct response copy that there were so many of these formulas. Like, mm. What are some other ones? Oh, I saw, I saw one the other day that's called Pastor. It's kind of like P-A-S, but there's like a T and O and an R and like they like put so many different things in them. Um, there's uh, Perry Belcher's 12 Steps. Um, there is, oh my gosh, I've seen different ADAs, um, mm. with, um, I think it was like ADCA or something, <laughs> Love it. but I, I like, I like to break the rules a little bit. Um, you can start with one and add in, um, things that you really like from the other formulas. Um, I make sure that there's always some sort of social proof in there as well. Uh, especially nowadays, your best marketing tool is the people who talk about you, right? So um, having that social proof definitely involved when you're solving the problem and coming up with the solution. I think that's important. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the mechanisms are, it's really just like any skill, right? It's like jazz and, and you learn, you know, once you learn the, 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 the structures, then you can sort of, and the rules, you can, you can break them and, uh, and improvise. Um, I'm actually, I've just, all of a sudden, I sometimes get curious and, um, I am curious about what it is about copywriting that, that you guys find most fascinating, the kind of like lit something up inside of you when you learned about it. Um, as it did for me, I'd, I'd love to, would you guys, would you guys mind going down that, that rabbit hole for just a, a little bit? Sure. Do you want, do you want me to start Brad? Yeah. Okay. So ladies first, uh, I think it's good. Good. Practice. That's a good rule. Yeah. <laughs> I never want to assume. So, um, I really am passionate about communications as a whole. Um, and so when I studied in university public relations, um, a lot of those principles are applied to marketing and direct copywriting as well. Um, And they have to do with persuasion and human psychology. And, um, you know, there's some ethics in there too, how how ethical some of that stuff is, but how far you can take persuasion and you're really trying to generate an emotional response. Um, I think that that's super fascinating. The The whole psychology behind what we do. I love the way you mentioned it too. It's it's not just about getting them to like something or get it's it's really it's got to go. It has it has to have enough momentum to take them all the way through action, right? And so I, I think there's a lot of creativity that goes into you know the psychology of of helping people visualize you know what their life would be like with this product in their life because it's that it's that bridge that you can make that really I think drives the conversions. I would imagine. Would you agree with that, Brad? I would. And that's why understanding who your avatar is, is so important. I think of it like this. When I sit down to write a piece of copy, I imagine myself sitting in a bar and I'm having a drink 
and there's next to nobody in the place and a friend of yours walks in and you start a conversation about a problem he's having. It's a conversation. And if you're selling a product that you really believe in, I mean, we can't always do that in copy, but I think that that's really what it's about for me is seeing that light bulb go on in people's heads uh, when you share the conversation that you're, you're writing, um, persuading them, convincing them about something that you truly believe in uh, is just an awesome feeling. It really is. Um, what, what are you drinking in the bar? Uh, well, I guess we can't really do that right now, can we, with COVID? But uh, I'm, just, be, I'm curious what your drink of choice is. Oh, be a Caesar for sure. Oh, very. How I lived in California for four years, and no bartender I talked to had ever heard of a Caesar. So it's yeah, well, it was always a common. Most of our listeners probably had, haven't either. That's when we extract clam juice and add it to yes. a Bloody Mary for yes. some amazing reason that is specifically Canadian. And we and we change the rim. Uh, we we swap out salt for celery salt. Anyways, uh, yes. my digress. Um, yeah, I, I love I love that, Brad. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's something else. It really like a lot of what we're talking about right now reminds me of uh, I think it was Eugene Eugene Schwartz who uh, who said that you know our job as copywriters isn't to like create desire, it's to tap into a mass desire that already exists. You that's know? So, right. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love that. Um, and that's where those phrases. That's where those little phrases that you can pull th- from the re- reviews. It's funny. We talk about UGC being so powerful because you're going to get someone in their natural environment engaging the product, and you never know what look on that product, or what specific angle, or what specific motion that someone makes that will cause someone to resonate. And I imagine with copy, it's the same thing. Like the deeper you can get into the way they they think about it, uh, and, and, like I think about all the you know. I think about those, the hacks that we've talked about in the newsletter, just like, you know, those opening words, like, you know, imagine, or even if, or these things, these sort of like these really hooky things. Um, I think that conversation kind of went in two ways, but I wanted to move it into the actual like uh, pieces of these presale pages. And obviously, you know, in what's the job of the header? What's the number one, what do you, what do you have to deliver in any header of a presale page? Well, the deck copy, if we're talking about that, which some of us, we use that term to describe the headline, a subheadline, and usually the first, the introduction paragraph. So all the stuff that's above the fold in the page, that's absolutely important. A headline, I would say, is the most important thing that you can do on a page. You have to nail the headline because when you look at the whole piece of copy, a headline is worth 80 points out of 100. And it is because you have three seconds to capture their attention. And so that headline either locks their eyeballs on your page and compels them to read further into your copy or else you lose them. So if it takes you hours to craft the best headline you can, if you nail that, then you have a half a chance of having them read the rest of your copy, right? So that would be the most important thing I would say. Yeah, I always consider, you know, how compelling, how newsworthy, um, how current is the angle, and definitely you have to run it through how factual is it, because like what he's saying, you're not trying to fool anybody for cheap clicks if you want them to actually convert, Um, you want them to read through all the way to the end, Um, so you do want it to have a good representation of what the reader is going to get out of this. Um, The whole point is 
from start to end, you're trying to benefit them. You're trying to solve their problem. So um, that's what you have to consider when you're making a headline, not just, is it super um, clickbaity or. <laughs> and that's what I'm wondering, like, what, what is the job, is the job of the headline? Do you, are you answering, like, what questions are you answering? Are you trying to answer why in the headline? Are you trying to answer the what? Like, is it really just about orienting them about exactly what this is? So they know that they, they know what it is, or, or is it trying to pique them more to read further? Well, I've heard that. I mean, curiosity is a popular thing. A lot of people like to use that in a headline. I, it hasn't, you know, every every aspect of a, every element of a piece of copy has been researched and studied and tested to death scientifically. And uh, there's a basic formula that they teach uh, regarding headlines that has to do with the four U's. So we say that a headline should be unique, ultra specific, user friendly and urgent. And if you can put those four U's in your headline, you're going to hit the ball out of the park you have a good chance of doing it. Yeah. Now, the only thing with that is, is it may, it may make the headline a little long. And so it's a bit of a challenge for us right now because the move is toward um, the majority of people looking at these things on a mobile screen. And so, but what I always tell people is if you can't get the four U's in the headline, the ones that you didn't get in there, put them in the, a, sub, a sub headline underneath. So yeah, but you don't the, have to give away the whole, your whole, uh, you know, everything in the headline. Um, but I would say that it, it just, it has to speak, like you have to back up what you're saying um, on that, that first part of copy. That's the introductory paragraph usually does that in this, in the subhead, they support the promise that you're making yeah. in the headline which is really what a, what a headline is. It's a promise that says, hey, if you read the rest of this page, we're going to do X, Y, Z for you, or we're going to solve X problem. And so it's just a promise. Um, and a tease is okay, but you've got to make sure that they can they know that what it is that you're offering in the tease. Because if you don't, you risk losing part of your audience. And the same thing goes for humor. You know, some people think, oh, I'll be clever in my headline. I would never be clever in a headline because humor is subjective. Not everybody's going to get it, which means you may lose a percentage of your your readers um, right off the bat if they don't get the humor in what you're saying. So it's something I tend to shy away from. Some accounts you can be cutesy with, um, but uh, generally speaking, I stay away from using humor. I think the only brand I've seen really just like knock humor out of the park is tushy i love their copy tushy's good i do i love it so much i always like you know take a little screenshot i'm like oh that's so good like <laughs> they I, yeah. take puns to the next level <laughs> I, I love their copy before i even knew what copy was um uh yeah anyways um yeah so well Okay, guys, so we're, we're just about out of time here. Um, but before we wrap up, we have some rapid fire questions for you. Unless, Eric, do you have anything um, well, you'd like to ask? I, I just had one. So we talked about the header. I'm just interested. I'm just interested in the process. Like, because, you know, and this is going to be, you know, uh, talked about in our in the course coming up in the pre-sale course as well. But when you because when you have to write a long form sales letter, it's like you can just get turned loose. You have your research, you get turned loose. But when it comes to actually building the copy for a pre-sale page, 
how does that actually work? Are you are you guys determining, you know, what kind of content should go where, or are you sort of given like, okay, we need a section that's like this, and it's got to hit these notes? Are you do you think of about these pages more holistically or more as like individual components? No, absolutely holistically. The, uh, the components. So what you're basically doing is you're you're laying an established, proven, tested framework over what you write. And so each of the elements of your page, of your copy, it's important to keep them in a specific order. And all that's been tested too. So we know what order to place all those in, in the page. And that's sort of our guide. So it's formulaic, but it's also creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, once you've done all your research, um, then from there, I would gather your key messages then start working through your elements. So your headline, your value propositions, your social proof, your bullet list, your CTA. Um, and then you go and fill in the gaps with persuasion principles like ADA and PAS. Cool. Well, that, yeah, that kind of completes it right there. What is the, what's the most powerful uh, social proof that you can have? Uh, what, what, what's the gold standard for what you're looking for when, when you're writing a copy for a page? For social proof? Yeah. Is it just, is it, is it screenshots of real things? Is it just text? Is it like. Yeah. You want to use a site. You want to find reviews on a site that's trusted. So something like Trustpilot, that's a fantastic place mm -hmm. to get reviews. And, um, you know, a lot of people, that's how they shop online now. You know, they'll go and check something out and then they'll go away and they'll go and check reviews on it. And Trustpilot is, is one of those sites that it, it's authoritative people trust it. And so if you can get reviews uh, from places like that to put in your copy, it's perfect. Nice. Amazon's I another one that's great too. Yeah. yeah. I believe we will be providing these frameworks as well, right? That's the point of this of this challenge as well. So that's something that, yep. uh, that our D2C Plus members can look forward to. Yep. Very yeah. Cool. I think we're going to go over some more do's and don'ts um, in a deeper way. Nice. Exciting. Sure, lots of examples. It'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Are you guys ready for this rapid fire round? <laughs> okay. Favorite podcast and why? Ladies first. DTC. Correct. Um, right. <laughs> but other than that, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I really, I love them. Um, but for writing, I do like the business of writing podcasts and for marketing, I just started listening to marketing over coffee. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I just like having it on in the background and seeing what the current topics are. Cool. Brad, hit us. DTC. And I wasn't paid to say that either, but <laughs> the face of marketing, digital marketing is changing so rapidly. I mean, you guys know just in the last year with, you know, global events that we've seen, uh, there's been a mad scramble to get, you know, for businesses to get involved in digital marketing. And a lot of them are trying to figure out how to do it. And as technology changes, so does marketing. And so, I, yeah, I mean, I enjoy the, the podcast and the newsletter. Uh, there's lots of meat in there for anybody that wants to know what's, what's happening now. Damn, cool. appreciate that. Well, um, uh, okay, favorite copywriting book? You start, Brad. Um, I would say Secret Aver Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. 
classic. Um, marketing genius, genius Jay Abraham. Uh, he read this book more than 60 times. Wow. And uh, I've read it several times. It's an old book. It's so old that you can actually get it free now. The patent or copyright has expired on it, I believe. And so if you get a chance to download it, um, it's free. And the fundamentals that it talks about in there are as relevant today as they were decades ago when uh, the book was written. So awesome. Cool. Awesome. Laura? Yeah, for me, okay, this is embarrassing. So I might get some flack for it. But mm -hmm. when it comes to copywriting, I like fast information, right? So I prefer blogs over books, which I know is like, I don't know, not, not too popular of an opinion, but I, I check in on Neil Patel's blog and the pro writer mm. cop, uh, the pro copywriters blog. There's so many good blogs nowadays that you can check in on and they have really usable um, tidbits of information. Awesome. What kinds of products and slash or services do you like to write copy for the most? Beauty, uh, CPG, et cetera, et cetera. What is it? Um, or yeah, for me, it's not what they're selling. It's the brand and their voice that's more interesting. Um, I love writing for brands that allow for a little bit of wit and humor and creativity. Even if it's, if it's like a product that's not hugely exciting, um, being able to have a little bit of freedom to do that type of writing is, is really fun for me. Yeah, and I would say just on the coattails of that, that we do have, I, I have a, we have a client right now that, I'm, that I've done a lot of writing for um, that is just a really fun brand. And they like us to have fun with the language in the copy, which is something that I don't get licensed to be able to do very often. Um, we get very loose with the language. It's kind of cocky, kind of sassy. And I really enjoy that. It's a nice break from writing you know, serious copy. I love it. I got to say that just writing the newsletter with the team here, uh, that, having that ability to flex little jokes in there and, yeah. and, and just really kind of show your personality um, has been amazing. And hopefully I think more brands as more brands see the benefits of, you know, Bud Light's chief meme officer or whatever they appointed this year, or, you know, as people realize, you know, that people are really looking for these kinds of engaging, um, you know, realistic, authentic brands, maybe that kind of voice will become more, uh, it depends on the product, of course. There are some products that you'll never want to have that kind of voice built in for. No, that's true. So the fun ones, we always jump at those whenever I hear, oh, yeah, there's this client needs more copy. I'm like, yay. <laughs> nice. Very cool. All right. I think that's it. I want to thank you both coming on so much uh, for the, uh, the D2C podcaster, the all killer, no filler. Uh, and I really look forward to uh, connecting with you both uh, in the pre-sale page challenge coming up on, what was it, the 24th? February 24th to 26th. And uh, if you do want to uh, to sign up for that, you just head over to dtcplus.co. You can get started for $1 uh, and you can access our previous workshops, of which there are three. And uh, yeah. And if you're not doing pre-sale pages, like this is just, let's leave people. If you're not currently doing pre-sale pages, if you're running, if you're paying good money to run traffic to store pages uh, at the top of your funnel, this course could really change the direction of your business. And even if you're doing well, it can do a lot better with pre-sales. Uh, you can increase your AOV, you can increase your conversion rates, uh, and you can connect with Brad and Laura who are gonna teach you exactly how to do that with copywriting on day two. Thank you so much again. 
And uh, everyone enjoy their weekend. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Eric. Thank you. Kyle. Painless, right, Laura? Not <laughs> well, so bad. Yeah. Okay, you did great. <laughs> Always great talking to you guys. All right. Peace. Thanks. All right. Take care.